Welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights Channel. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today on our show, I have my good friend and competitor, CEO of DemandGen, Dave Lewis. Dave, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. I've actually been looking forward to this for a long time. And I mean, considering how often you and I talk, the fact that we're going to capture this on video is really, really cool. Monumental. Two to, uh, friends and competitors. Uh live and, and uh, doing a video together. Titans of industry. So how long, it's been what, about since you started with LMA, you've been in this, what, now about 12, 13 years? So, uh, since the beginning of LMA, yeah, just over 13 years and, and running demand gen for June, actually, next month is, is 10 year anniversary. Happy anniversary. That's, that's Thank fantastic. You. So for you then, a lot of change for both of us over the yeah. last 10 years, but what's changed the most? What's changed the most? I mean, I think at a macro level, everybody has awakened to the marketing has become both an art and a science. You know, when, when I started the practice, it was really just marketing automation was the only real marketing technology besides the website and website related technology. And now we've got what close to 5,000 different tools and technologies. So as more and more MarTech, uh, beyond marketing automation has kind of come into play. It's really the, a discipline within the discipline of marketing. And you've got almost, uh, what they called marketing operations, but this, you know, IT function within marketing. So that's changed dramatically from when, uh, I started because it was my creative team and Marcom team that was embracing these tools in the beginning. And you would never think to do that today. So I know a few years, it's been what, about four years ago that Gartner made that prediction, maybe five that they said by, by this year, uh, marketing would control more IT spend than marketing. So yeah, and I mean, I don't know if that's, I, I don't know. I'm not measuring how much now more IT is spending or, or marketing, but certainly it's a huge number in the, in the budget for, for marketing. And you and I talk about that, just running our own companies, how much we spend on our own infrastructure. We absolutely do. So, but what do you, I mean, I, I see the same thing at our clients. I, I see them spending more and more technology, but we're not necessarily seeing companies add more headcount because there's this assumption that the technology is going to fix it. So we find marketers are even more challenged because now instead of running one system like a Marketo or an Eloqua or something, now they have to run multiple. What about you? You see that too? Well, I have seen companies and I see more and more companies adding marketing operations as a function and hiring a marketing operations manager, marketing automation manager, and um, data resources and campaigning resources. So I definitely see growth and swell within the departments um, outside and, and a lot of restructuring. So um, from a, a personnel perspective, you know, obviously you're in the business of, of supplying top talent, but what kind of skills do you think today's modern marketer needs um, beyond just understanding technology to be successful in their careers? I was doing a, a radio program, you know, my the Demand Gen Radio, our podcast, and I was doing that with Scott Brinker, and he and I were talking about our backgrounds, which was in computer science initially. We were both, you know, childhood programmers and went into computer science, and then I switched my major to marketing. And the strongest, some of the most successful people that are leading marketing operations functions and really pushing the technology. It seems to have that part geek and part chic, you know, the marketing and the like technical background. So, okay. yeah. So uh, whether it's a computer science background or just a, a huge aptitude for embracing technology seems to be the right DNA uh, for, you know, the leadership of the roles and, and working within the roles. 
So you, you mentioned uh, marketing ops as the merging function. So do you see uh, CMOs needing to run their teams and their, their departments more like a business? Absolutely. Definitely. You know, I, there's been so much talk and so much pressure on marketing for as long as I can remember about being, you know, not a cost center, but a revenue center and driving revenue. And when you think about, you know, roles like you and I as, as heads of our company, you know, we have to look at all the different disciplines of the business, customer service and marketing and sales and operations, all the different functions. And so when you've got marketing leaderships, a CMO or a head of marketing looking at what they need to do in, in terms of marketing, they've got all that, you know, creative responsibility of the brand uh, and the brand identity and all the marketing for the products and services, um, the customer experience. But now they've got this responsibility for marketing technology. So if you think of it, as you suggested, Jeff, as, as uh, you know, bird's eye view down on the org chart, you're seeing this, like I said, IT function and the creative function and the customer engagement uh, function, all these different areas. It's very much like a business organizationally, but also we have to be responsible from, you know, an ROI perspective. Here's how much we're spending in marketing and what's the impact of that uh, that we're having on the business. We've got to show that correlation to be able to grow and protect our budget. Yeah, we see that too. Um, definitely more and more marketers being held accountable for ROI, revenue, um, contribution to the pipeline. What, uh, but you mentioned some of those other key departments. What are some of the other major KPIs you're seeing executives be held responsible for? If you're talking, you know, marketing executives, um, in terms of marketing measurement, there's more talk than there is reality in terms of, you know, truly measuring marketing's contribution to revenue. And that's because, you know, if you think of both in the B2C area and B2B area, in the B2C area, where so many companies now digitally can, can look at from campaign to close, they have quite a bit of science because they can drive people to their website or drive people to e-commerce and take a look at the return on that investment, whether it's a social media campaign or, or other channel. In B2B marketing, especially ones where people are selling through the channel, um, quite a bit more difficult. So got to measure campaign performance. And I don't mean at the tactical level, right? But actually, you know, if this is the spend of the campaign, What's the ROI of that? You and I talk about that a lot when we talk about trade shows and other things that we're doing in our respective companies. You know, what is the impact that these uh, programs and these campaigns are having on lead generation or MQL generation and also revenue? In terms of total ROI in marketing, I still think that's challenging, not because of the tools, but because of the data issue, which, you know, companies like ours mutual companies like ours are helping clients with because if you don't get the data right and the data capture and the data flow all the chains from you know click to close it makes everything uh, truly well, difficult why you, so um, why do you think it's so hard for marketers that everyone knows they have data problems but they typically don't budget for fixing the data they just budget for getting more data why why do you think that is why do you because they they marketers hate data projects i mean i don't mean all marketers but um certainly the cmo and the heads of marketing the people that are responsible for generating demand they know they need to fix their data they feel crippled by the challenges of not having the data but they're projects that really don't get glory stories in the uh, around the C-suite, you know, so, hey, we're working on our data. There's nothing really to show for that. Um, there's no pretty pictures. There's no, like the campaign experience. There's no, you know, here's our new campaign or here's what we're working on in marketing. It's all under the covers. It's behind the scenes. And so um, it's not it's not an exciting project because it's not fun to work on it. 
And it really doesn't have a direct output, a showcase that marketing is so used to. So it's um, time, it's money, and it really doesn't get people uh, excited with the, the output when it's done, except for the results that it will bring. Don't you think it's kind of getting worse, though, especially as more technology floods into marketing? Yeah. It's huge. There, there was a report. I, I can't quote the source of it. I just know that I saw it at one of the recent conferences that, you know, in terms of stack of, you know, projects that marketers like to work on, that the data project, 89%, which let's just round that to 90%, was saying, you know, that that's 90% of marketers don't like working on their data. So it shows how much it's ignored. However, um, that is back to your question. That is the challenge with reporting that if you don't connect, as I said, those data chains, you know, if you're running an inbound marketing program and you don't capture the channel and the source and the piece of content, uh, when the lead is being created, then you have no chance later on taking a look back and saying, how did that campaign perform? So what are some of the other processes you find marketing departments struggling to implement besides, besides data integrity and governance? What, what would you say are the next two? Primarily the, the programs around aligning with um, other functions, mainly sales. You know, uh, I wrote the book a couple years ago called Manufacturing Demand, all about lead management, and just came back from the Serious Decisions Conference last week. There's a lot of great education out there, a lot of great interest in aligning sales and marketing together and creating, um, you know, an integrated process. A lot of companies struggle with that primarily because of culture or history of the departments not working together, sales really operating um, in terms of what was historically their own sense of lead generation and pipeline development, and then marketing, creating campaigns and building awareness. So that very top of the funnel was marketing's former responsibility. But now, as you and I know, like marketing's got the responsibility all the way through the funnel and even behind. So for companies to change how they approach sales and marketing working together, lead management is something that just, it's not second nature to companies that have not been doing it, but it's amazing when that happens and comes together. The, the productivity of sales and marketing really um, goes up. So how, uh, how has sales changed, do you think, over the last 10 years? In terms of a discipline, some things are, are totally the same. You know, the, the science of selling, uh, whether you follow a methodology like Sandler or the Challenger model or any of the different um, kind of tried and true approaches to selling, um, that has not really changed. Uh, neuromarketing and neuroscience has definitely helped sales teams understand more, better on their messaging and the way to present contact. You know, Simon Sinek, who I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, he always talks about starting with the why. Yeah. And so there's been big changes in terms of sales methodology, um, all rooted in the same principles, but enhancements to being more effective in one-on-one -on -one selling. The big change, Jeff, right, has been what sales's role is in terms of pipeline generation. And, you know, before we had the web, before we had digital marketing tools, it was your sales team that had to go out with the brochures. Marketing was creating data sheets and demos and PowerPoint presentations for sales to generate awareness and move them through the different stages of the funnel. But today, marketing plays the role of, you know, in, in most of our clients, um, 60, 70% of the funnel is marketing's responsibility in, in terms of lead generation and MQL generation, and sales is providing more of that uh, transaction layer. So um, in terms of aligning with sales, though, what are some of the things that marketing is doing differently 
to not only get in line at the top of the funnel, because it used to be just lead management, right, getting a shared definition of a lead service level agreement. But you're mentioning now they have to partner all the way through. So what are some of the other things you're seeing marketing do? Well, they've got to start the year aligning both around the revenue numbers. So they've got to have a revenue mindset. You know, you always talk about being a revenue marketer and what that looks like. So I'm going to throw the question back to you. But uh, they have to have they have to start with a revenue mindset. So if a company wants to you know generate a net uh, twenty thirty hundred whatever half a million uh, half a billion dollars of revenue, what is sales's responsibility and pipeline generation? What is marketing's responsibility and how they're going to work together? So starting with a revenue mindset is absolutely critical, and then taking a look at what they're going to do programmatically and resource-wise to generate that revenue in the same way that sales was accountable for that. So if you were a, a sales leader and you had you know, a dozen members of your sales team, you had a quota, have a quota for every one of those sales reps and their compensation is tied to the performance of that quota. So what we're seeing today is marketing having much more of the same type of responsibility or responsibility for a certain amount of revenue and quota and being tied to that and what I'll end on, and I want to throw the question back to you, is sure. when will we, <clears throat> excuse me, when will we see marketing have the same type of compensation model and make the kind of money that sales is making? If we're doing our jobs right, and a lot of our clients are, and they are driving revenue, forecasting revenue, and hitting or exceeding those goals, how come they're not paid yet the same type of compensation levels that sales are? So I'm going to throw both of those parts back those to you. Two, those two good questions. So, and the first one, I think that. You know, in a lot of ways, the notion of the funnel is a little antiquated um, because it still takes a, a company-centric viewpoint. And, and really, if you're believing that the customer is at the center, that you're trying to do a buyer-centric type of approach, if you're starting to get into account-based marketing, account-based selling, then the customer is in the middle. And then really, um, it should be more some type of loop, whether it's, you know, it's a figure eight loop or some type of something, but it's more horizontal. It's not necessarily yeah. about... I think a magical force of gravity or certain things that move. And I, and I get it from a management standpoint, the funnel certainly makes it easier for organizations to manage, but it doesn't necessarily do align you with, with your customer. So I think regardless of how you want to draw your diagram, I think that um, you have to come up with a plan. Marketing and sales have to understand their roles at every step of that plan or model. And there's a set of discrete activities, functions, and KPIs that you're going to be doing. Now, whether that's three steps, 10 steps, 55 steps, it doesn't really matter, but it, as long as it, as it works for you. So I yeah. think, um, and I think where people are getting it wrong with ABM is like they've gotten it wrong with marketing automation is you can't just buy technology and now you have a strategy. Now, there's a lot of work that has to happen sure. with ABM and you have to have the data there. You have to have a good lead management model. Like how can you do account? roll-up scoring, for example, if you don't even have basic lead scoring, you can't score a buying center if you can't score an individual. Um, if you don't have good content in place, content operations, how do you start building content for a target enterprise account if you don't have basic content? So I think um, that's how I would answer your first question, is that marketing and sales have to align. And the second, you know, even for the CMOs that are really nailing it, um, and there's a, there's a few of them, I still think that there's this cultural... I guess, predisposition to um, view marketing with some doubt because sales still walk in with the contract um, and, and it's always going to be somewhat questionable. So uh, I think where marketing can say have control over transactional models, e-commerce, for example, or they can manage the inside sales team, I, th I would start there 
and trying right. to get compensated for things that they can completely end to end put their arms around where there's not a third party that's actually involved. And if they can build credibility there, then that should then extend into them. Uh, we are starting to see more executives get compensated, but we're not necessarily, I mean, MBOs, yes, for marketing teams, but certainly right. they're not, they don't have a quota and they don't have an account target. But I, 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 I'm hoping it will be sooner than, than later. We definitely have started, not started, we have seen compensation for marketing really increase. I know, especially in Silicon Valley. And, and so if people are watching this from other parts of the world and, and they're not seeing uh, compensation for marketing operations and for demand gen people on the rise, um, that's inconsistent with what I'm seeing. And I think the companies that are doing it really well, like you said, that the best in class companies are fewer and far between than they should be these days. But those that are doing it, um, have really seen their incomes. Our clients' incomes have gone up and up and up every single year. But, uh, some of them are not quite at the chief revenue officer level yet. No, but with our, hopefully with our help, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get in there. It's working. Um, yeah, for sure. So, uh, as, uh, as one of the preeminent thought leaders out there, any closing thoughts, uh, what would you advise uh, your fellow C CMO on how to approach transformation? Uh, how, how do I how do I close on on that one? Um, that's probably a whole other I, interview. That's another fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a great session. Maybe we can do a follow on. Um, I would say, in terms of recommendations, if I was in the role today, um, I would form uh, a network of you know, best-in-class marketers. Um, you go to these conferences, right, and the people up on stage, for the most part, those are the folks on stage, um, they've had great success. And I would follow up and reach out to them, and I would uh, build my own board of advisors uh, as a marketing leader to find out what other companies are doing. Some of the folks I was with last week in, in Las Vegas at Serious Decisions, um, I told them, hey, listen, you know, we have our customer events. Let's make sure you guys get together and, and meet each other. Um, you know, the, the shared knowledge, none of us are smarter than all of us type of mindset is really going to help companies know what technologies to buy, what not to buy. You know, there are brands that you and I hear about all the time, especially in, in tools in the predictive space that are questionable impact and yet expensive. So if you can talk to other um, marketing leaders on a regular basis and find out what they're doing and what they're not doing or what they shouldn't be doing, um, that's great advice. I mean, selfish plug for both of us. They should be working with an outside agency. You know, one of the things, Jeff, that I've shared with our clients that seems to resonate if they hire somebody and that person has a resume, what do they have? Three, five maybe seven different companies that that person has worked at and working with an outside agency they have that opportunity to work with people that have worked with hundreds of companies and have seen the recipes of success and what doesn't work so well so um networking i, I think is the core of success having a, a great uh, network of people and then leveraging outside resources like ourselves to uh, help them be successful great advice <laughs> what about yours anything to add Thank you for sharing. Uh, Dave, awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. And, Thank you, uh, Jeff. Good to, good to connect with you. You bet. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care.